This episode is powered by denmeditation.com with locations in Los Angeles that normalize meditation and make it available to all. The meditation is the primary focus. The bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Oh my God, guys. I'm here with Heather Preet, our favorite, for a holiday season survival toolkit. Because who doesn't need it? It's so hard. I mean... They're fun. I love the holidays. And look, mm-hmm. I'm Jewish, so I do not celebrate Christmas. And I feel like that alone gives me a leg up. I've said it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I get to kind of avoid half the season and mm-hmm. it's not as stressful. But people get really fucking stressed. Yeah. I went to Target this weekend just to buy a few things. And it was a zoo. And everyone, you could feel it in the air. And anyone you even talk to is already like either dreading or exciting. Or they escape and they don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. So we wanted you here because... We want to like really run some scenarios by you so you can give us some practical and great advice and meditation advice, anything that can really help people bolster themselves with something really practical that's just going to make the holidays better because we guys, the whole point is we're supposed to be enjoying them. It's supposed to be fun. It's It's supposed to be a time of joy. Yeah, it's love and like everything's (laughs) supposed to slow down a little bit, but everyone feels more stressed out. You're supposed to have time with your loved ones, whether it's family or friends or whatever you consider or all your dogs, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So... For you, you and me, we're gonna dogs. we're gonna solve this. And okay, we're let's gonna do help it. everyone start to really enjoy, if not enjoy them completely, <laughs> enjoy them more yes. than they have in the past. Yes. So I'm gonna kind of jump right in. Here's the beauty. Okay. I have questions for you. Okay. Like our denizens were awesome. They really like mm-hmm. sent stuff in. So you guys, I encourage you to always do that because it's really helpful. Like everything we're it. talking about today, and we're gonna keep this nice and short came from you guys. So, That's so cool. Yeah. So it's so cool. So we're you're really talking to the people. I love it. Okay. Let's start with just the obvious, which I just started with. Stress and time management. <laughs> Again, most people have off, even if it's just for a day or two mm. days, you actually are working less. But there is something that is stressful. Some people actually said, if you're actually working through the holidays, it feels super stressful because you're trying to now include the holidays into it. For some people, it's just you're on vacation, but all of a sudden you're, you know, you're going to your family's house, let's say, but you're trying to squeeze in your family and then your childhood friends and then your cousins and also you feel pulled in a million directions. How can you deal with stress and time management? And I think that also folds into someone else was very specific. And I think they go together about how can I get some me time and all that? So they might be slightly different, but I do think they fold in together. Actually, what came to mind when you started talking about this was the idea of bringing ourselves into the circle of compassion. Um, What tends to happen uh, with uh, the human mind is that when we're pulled in many different directions, we really lose connection to the self. So we lose the connection to the body. We lose connection to what we need. uh, We lose uh, connection to uh, self-care. It might even just be eating throughout your shopping day. Did you actually eat when you shopped for eight hours at the mall? and and this is normal and this is natural, but actually compassion is it's not about self and other. We have to really care for ourselves in the same way we care for other people. So when we're looking at all the ways that we're pulled and we have that FOMO thing come up or we have the guilt thing come up, all these contractive emotions, what we really want to do is we want to notice that those are contractions and do our practice 
softening them with self-compassion so we can make wise choices about what's truly important. Maybe you can just send um, dessert over to your your Uncle Harry's and with a note saying, I'm with you in spirit. Or maybe what you do is you you go to the three parties even, but it's okay to come at the tail end when the host is actually able to talk to you. So you can spend time with the people who are actually important to you rather than thinking that you're going to miss like, you know, the middle, most intense part of the party. You know, we can do small things for others, such as just reach out with a text. In these days, day and age, I think that's totally okay. There's too much going on. When we're talking about shopping too, remember we can check in with our body and see what time is a good time for us to be in a department store. For me, I'm, I'm easily overstimulated, so I don't want to go during peak hours. I would rather stay up till 10 and go to Target between 10 and 11 o'clock at night. You know, and that's because of my personal um, connection to my body and knowing what's right for me. So we really want to check in with ourselves over and over again and give ourselves the same kind of care. We want to give all these other people during the holidays because we're all equally important. And remember, you will burn out. We won't be able to do everything if we don't take that time. But one of the things you're saying, which I like, and it kind of leads into something else where someone was saying, how do I say no? I have so many allegations. One of the things you're saying is, it's okay to make decisions. Yes. Like look at your whole game plan basically and you don't Mm -hmm. have to do everything. You can say no and you can set boundaries but there's ways to be lovely about it. That's right. There's ways to figure out what do you need for your holiday? What if, if being with your family means you can't see five of your friends that's probably okay. Just explain to them that you have to be with your family or vice versa, whatever it is, and figure out what you can do to send them or do for them that's going to also make them feel like you still care. So this is the thing. It's like, what's the essence that you're going for by visiting them? What is it? What's the essence of that for you? So if it's a sense of showing support or love or connection or saying you're important to me, you can translate that heart essence into another action. That's so we want wise action, right time, right? And so the heart speaks in many ways. What is your intention? What is it that you would be bringing to this, um, uh, this time with another person? How can you express it in another way that that retains that essence because they'll feel it. And something I think is really important that I think goes in conjunction to this is, and look, I get it too. When you're running around, you're like, oh my God, for me to get to, let's say, December 24th or wherever people's holidays really start, it's different for everyone. I have so much to do to get there. I have so much to wrap up with work. I have so much to do to get for everybody. So I come prepared and I have everything, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, if you do a lot of gifts or cards. Mm -hmm. And then the problem is how can you help people when they walk into that door, when the actual holiday starts, how can you help people turn it off a little bit and now enjoy? Like a joke yes. for me is, and like my sister and I were laughing about it, Nicole and I, I was so stressed leading up to a party that I was throwing because it was a crazy week, <laughs> but I am very good at it. Like I lit the candle and I think I told you this story <laughs> too. And I was like, as I was lighting the last candle, I was dancing. I'm like, my last responsibility. And then I had the time of my life. Like I was able to be like, I just have to get to this point. And then I can just enjoy. I don't That's care what right. happens. I don't care if something falls or breaks. I mean, a mirror totally shattered. It's like, Did I'm it? Like, oh, no. Oh, Which totally. One? A whole wall, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> not pretty. Not great. But you know what? I was like, what can we do? We're having fun. We'll deal with it tomorrow. Like, right. how can you help people have that ability to be like, yeah. you're here now. Right. Enjoy it. Don't let right. any stress carry over because now you're missing the whole point of what this, this is, is about. And this happens all the time, right? I mean, yeah. So- 
this is really mindfulness at work. It's coming into this present moment, like what's here right now, right? So perhaps we had busyness, we had stress, we were planning. And and look, the planning mind is here for a reason. That's great. You got everything done. I love that you had your party all set up. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, people don't realize that they need to practice uh, in this moment or they don't know how to practice in this moment in which the thinking mind, this planning mind, it's actually no longer necessary. Not only that, it's getting in the way of joy. Yeah. When we're caught in thinking and planning, we're not connected to our heart, which is where joy arises from. So in that moment, can we say, okay, I noticed that these thoughts are, are they keep going because most people, we can't stop the hamster wheel so easily, right? Those can be in the background. What is something beautiful that you can focus on in this moment? And that can be your touchstone. That can be your touchstone throughout the night. So the beauty- Something that warms your heart. That's right. And when we turn towards that, let's say we notice the thinking mind is getting really crazy again, and then we turn to this beautiful Christmas tree that we decorated with our children and our husband or our family or our friends. And within that tree is that interconnectivity that we have with all the people we love. And then also just the celebration of this this time of year in which people come together, or maybe even the visual beauty of that. And if we can find something before the party starts, that's like an anchor for us to tap into that joy connectivity, something that can open our heart. That's the opposing force to the stressful thinking mind. I love that. Also, I have like a little breathing exercise that's been working for me lately. Yeah, it's me. like a Kundalini like pranayama. But, and it's always for stress or actually if you're like need help sleeping. But I do think if you're like amped up in stress, it really does just help kind of disconnect. And it is just, it's nostril breathing, which remember like Hillary Clinton made very popular, but it's not alternate because then you keep going back. It's literally just, you know, close your right nostril, long, deep breath in, and then close your left to do a long exhale right. But then you inhale again with the left. So Mm -hmm. it's always inhaling through the left and always exhaling through the right because there's different versions that actually do different things. Mm -hmm. So if you can like do a slow inhale with the left nostril, closing that right, and then change and close that left nostril and exhale with the right, and then keep doing it. Again, always inhale left, always exhale right. And you do it for even just five minutes, Mm -hmm. like that tenseness you feel in your chest will go away. That's right. And that could always help you before you walk into like a house or a party or a room so that you want to be more present. It's so important to do all of these things before you enter into a space. Yes. So we don't want to go when we're overwhelmed or when there's too much happening. What we want to do is take a little time to ourselves, do our breathing exercise, maybe do a different... That, that is mindfulness as well as working with your parasympathetic nervous system. And we can even have a beautiful phrase that that lights the heart on that, on the in-breath peace Absolutely. and on the out-breath ease. Oh, I love that, peace and ease. Yeah, and just start to integrate into that system. And then having your touchstone so when we forget, we can come home. Because usually in the middle of a party, you can't do, you know. But I love the takeaway from this reading. part before we move on also yeah. is setting the boundaries. And I liked how you said, figuring out what the intention would have been if you were mm-hmm. there and being able to replace place it with something that is just as good. But you have to be smart about figuring out ways that you will feel good about it, but you can, and there are ways to do it. That's right. What about how you deal with holding space for others? So, you know, one specific question we got was a mom's going through a separation and she feels like she wants to be there for her mom, obviously, but then there's times where it's like, the last thing she wants. And frankly, she just misses what her holidays were before they got separated. So it's like she's going through her own shit, then kind of has to show up for her her mom, which she wants to as a good daughter, but it's difficult. But I think it's a two-parter for her specifically. How do I do it while I'm trying to balance what I'm going through and her? 
But how does one show up for someone who might be having a hard time in the holidays? Yeah, I mean, I think this example that you just gave is that, you know, the, the woman who wrote in, she's she she needs care as well. And so we do have to see, you know, how depleted we are before we we care for others. Although caring for others can also be mutually beneficial if we stop if we don't think of it as giving and receiving instead just coming together to hold space for each other. But you know, oftentimes during the holidays people um re-experience lost loved ones, right? So they that's they, on here too. Is it, yeah, yes, that grief that that arises um, when things shift and change as well. Um, even as adults, sometimes we yearn for <laughs> what Christmas was when we were kids. Right. Right. So if there is somebody who needs space held for them, I mean, one thing that we can do is we can start looking inside and say, you know, what is when this this maybe sounds morbid to some people, but <laughs> at the end of my days, when I look back on this single eve, and I could have chosen being fully there for someone in a way that helps them to heal and for me to grow, or if I went to the party, what will be important to me then? Right. You know, if we are on this spiritual journey, if we're on this journey of healing, it, we sort of start to see that everything is presented either to help us along the path or to be ignored and possibly become an obstacle, right? So we can make choices at all points. So how do we do that? If we've chosen that we do want to hold space, I mean, there's a few things. One, of course, take care of yourself. I, I never want anyone to go into a situation that's just too challenging for them. Are there other people that can support you while you're supporting them? Do you have a spouse or a friend that can be there for you while you support your mother or your father? Um, are there uh, ways in which you can bring joy into that moment and, and allow that person to see that maybe there's a little glimpse of letting go of the sorrow just for a moment? Um, even if that person's not participating fully, we we can help them to see that there's something more expansive here, that we have our suffering and our difficulties, but that there's also life. So for instance, in that specific scenario where the girl's saying, obviously her mom uses her as an outlet, and but mm. she's also sad that her yeah. her holidays don't resemble what they used to be because of the separation. Is there something to her also, like obviously being there for her mom, but her letting her mom know it's hard for her too? Yes. And like together they can create something That's new? That's right. That's right. And that would be the, the holding each other. Sometimes just this shared humanity, which is what you're pointing to, is the most healing thing. And we often feel like if one person suffers, we've got to stuff our suffering, right? And just coming together and having this might be a time to have an honest conversation. Mom, this is really hard for me and I know it's really hard for you. And can we sort of be in this together that this is difficult? And then can we also turn towards something that we can rejoice in together um, at this evening or during this time? So remember balancing shared humanity, right? And always bringing yourself into the equation when you're caring for the other person. And if we feel like we can have a conversation like that, the healing that comes just from hearing someone say, yeah, me too. I mean, they I mean, obviously yeah. now I'm thinking that's a whole movement, right? Is the me too <laughs> movement. Right. But yeah, I suffer too. And we can get through this together. But let's be honest that we both hurt. And we don't feel so alone. 
What about, I mean, this just popped in my head, but I'm sure, you know, some people actually mentioned feeling lonely and single, but off yeah. of this, what about people who are split, who split up with someone? So, because I do find big, t- like cornerstones or touchstones or celebrations throughout a year that you used to do with someone all the time are really difficult for two things. It's like either you feel like you're doing it totally different and you miss what you used to do or you're doing it exactly the same and you miss how it felt before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like either way, it's it's hard mm-hmm. because it's different and there's no way around it being different. And I do mm-hmm. think that goes to loss also when you lose a parent or a spouse or yes, a child or course. something. It's never going to feel like what it That's felt like right. before. So what's some advice in that where if there's something in someone's bubble mm-hmm. that changed, whatever that may be for whatever mm-hmm. reason... How can they, obviously there's going to be sadness. And I think that's advice number one. It's okay it's to okay. be sad. That's right. And okay to know this is going to be a harder holiday maybe than others. That's right. Um, but what can people do to also maybe try and like bring the joy in and remember mm. that there's still beauty out there. That's right. You know, we get so caught in the past and we get caught in something called comparing mind. And that's something that we really want to watch during the holidays is comparing mind. I mean, I think that New Year's is a time when people do a lot of comparing mind. You know, oh, I had so many friends in 1999 and we all partied and all this. And now I'm like, you know, there's two of us and we're hanging out in the living room ordering it. Watching like old movies. Right, right exactly. And and so this, what we want to know, know is that this is a t- this is tunnel vision, and it will only cause difficulty. The comparing mind, so it's okay to rejoice in the past. It's okay to uh, and to even mourn if it's something like there's someone who's not here with us anymore. Take that time to honor the morning. We absolutely have to take that time to honor the morning because we're never pushing things away and saying this doesn't exist. And then, how can you honor? that person who isn't here or how can you honor the change in a relationship or how can you honor you know yourself, a, yourself. Let's say it's a breakup that was that's necessary that's right a breakup how can you honor that shift right in a celebration of beginning anew so beginning anew is a mindfulness phrase it's like when when a leaf falls off the tree it doesn't just go to nothingness, right? So we can know that that leaf transforms into the soil to allow other flowers to grow. And in that interim, sometimes it's very hard to find the joy, but can we water that seed knowing that that seed is here? There's always going to be change, ebb, flow, loss, sickness, wealth, a lack of wealth. All these things will come and go. But if we forget that as one thing dissolves and pulls back, another thing is rising and we need to embrace it for it to to truly bloom. If we forget that, then we miss the miracle, you know, of the coming and going. So how can we honor the loss and celebrate beginning anew? I love that because you're, again, I like the honoring part too, because I think no one's telling you shove your feelings down or pretend that person's not here or... You know, don't be sad about that horrible loss that you're sad about. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's so beautiful of honor. Don't not open your eyes though and see what is there. That's because right. there is something there and it deserves your love and it deserves your attention. Because with that, that can grow into something so beautiful. If that's you don't right. give it that attention, it's not going to grow. So it's like you have this responsibility almost, which I think is beautiful. I think to me that gives you purpose. It does. So to feel like you have purpose when you feel like your life fell apart 
to me, that would help me. I hope it helps you guys out there. But the idea of my life fell apart, but I have this responsibility to look around and see what I can water to help grow. So it's not going to be a full forest and like garden today. And it's just not going to be the Christmas where everything feels normal, but it's my job to help water it. So it gets there. That's right. Or New Year's or whatever. That's right. And the only way that we can um, inform the future is in the present moment. So what are we watering today? That's what arises in our future. I I love that. Hey, sorry to interrupt. I want to talk about our next Dentox Live. We are so unbelievably lucky. We have Sean Korn. She was one of the first internationally celebrated yoga teachers. You know how we know everybody on IG now? She was literally one of the first that everyone started talking about. And she is just known for activism. She actually started off the mat and into the world. And since 2007 has taught so many leaders of activism to bridge the gap of injustice around the world. She's incredible. She sells out wherever she goes. So this interview is going to be great. It's January 24th. That's a Thursday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget what comes with that. I promise it'll be an in-depth conversation. Also a Q&A for you guys to have your own chance to talk to her and a personal practice. And don't forget, when she practices, she sells out. So this is a really unique opportunity. And per usual, we'll have some wine and cheese, snacks and drinks afterwards so we can all mingle and just like hang out. This is incredible. I can't express how lucky we are to have her. I hope to see you there. What about people on the flip side who are just single. I mean, especially New Year's is really hard for that, I feel like. (laughs) Um, New Year's and being single or a birthday are are really, is really hard. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what, what's advice for that? People are just lonely. You know, and, and yes, and I understand. And of course I've been single throughout my life and um, we're in LA, which is, there seems to be a lot of single people. Um, And it is hard. And, you know, again, we're, we, I think that the listeners know we're always saying honor the difficulty. What I've done at those times in my life intentionally cultivated was instead of looking at the lack, like lack of romantic relationship, turning towards um, the love or the support that other type of relationships give me. We often sort of say, well, yeah, my friends should like me or, oh yeah, whatever. I have a lot of friends. This is actually not taking in joy. This isn't seeing the big picture. We want to balance the mind once again, right? If we're continually turning towards what we don't have, we're not seeing what's here. It's, It's so there's many parables about this that have to do with gemstones, you know, and in Buddhism, there was like, this is kind of a weird, gross story, but all of them are actually, if I'm going to get down to it. But there's a wrestler and he had this very um, expensive ruby, very this huge ruby that, that he wore in his hair. And he lost it during a match in which he had gotten a cut on his head. He hit his head on the ruby, his head split open, and they lost the ruby. And of course, the story goes that he looked his whole life for the ruby, but the ruby was actually sewn into his head, which is disgusting. But if you guys get the point, is that we miss the very, the healing nectar that's in front of you right now, we miss it because we're turning towards the lack. The lack is real. We're not saying it's not real, but what's here to support you through that? We can't do it alone. We, we just can't. We can't do it alone trapped in the mind of, of, of feeling that we don't have. We really need to open our eyes and see what's supporting us here in this universe, in this world, and with our relationships. Also, I think it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, which is take stock of what it is you're looking for 
Like what's the essence you're trying to feel mm-hmm. in those moments? And by the mm-hmm. way, for everyone, that's very different, especially New Year's. And by the way, it can change every year. That's right. Like some years you're like, I just really want to party. I want to be out. I want to be festive. I want to be among people. Some years it's like, I really just want to be eating like Chinese food and sitting mm-hmm. by, my, like, by myself or with like a couple of friends, mm-hmm. watching movies, like whatever it is. Are you feeling social? Are you feeling mm-hmm. introvert? Are you feeling mellow? And I do feel like there is something to that of like taking stock, whether you're single or not, figuring out what was going to make you happier. And then I think you can make it happen because yes. why not just tag along with a couple friend of yours if you don't have single friends right now? Be oh, like, yeah. What parties are you going to? Can I come? Of course. And chances are you'll have a good time if you don't, like you said, you don't look at the lack and you don't carry around this imaginary, I don't have any one person. It's right. just like, I'm here. Exactly. Or if it's like, who who else might be wanting to be mellow? Or do I want to be home by myself? And instead of looking at that as a bad thing, am I taking a bath? Am I doing bath salts? Am I buying extra special things I normally wouldn't do during the year, but I'm making it a little fancier for me or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, you know, whatever, like, you know, I think you're right. There's something really interesting of not looking at lack and then figuring out what it is that would actually make you happy, whether someone was with you or not. That's right. And then just making it happen. And there's a way you can pretty much make anything happen. You know, and I'm going to piggyback on what you just said, which is that what often happens is we have a story about what it means if we make those choices. And it's, it's almost like a sign of like emotional or spiritual maturity when you can actually stay home <laughs> during Absolutely. a holiday and not have that's the what you story. Wanted. Yeah. Cause that's what you wanted. Right. You didn't want to go out and not have the stories of, I should be doing something else. This means that there's something wrong and really investigating who gave you those belief systems, who put those stories on you. And, yeah. and do you, believe them? No. To tell you the truth, honestly, Tal, I am so psyched. We went to a restaurant for Thanksgiving this year. I was like psyched to do that. But that's why you have to figure out what you want. I think Mm -hmm. that's the key. What's going to work for you? What's resonating with you? Mm -hmm. And and by the way, for some people, it may be, I want to go out and go crazy and be social. Like that's not a bad thing either. And staying home is not a bad thing. That's right. It's just being honest with yourself. Yeah. And you have to check in first, right? I I was sure there would be past years where I would be like, oh, I don't have a big Thanksgiving dinner to go to because I had this idea that somehow that meant something was wrong with me. There was something missing. And actually, when I look deeply, I like simple holidays. Right. And you know, I I got to go to your house and I went all around. I had three parties that night and I thought, how can I work this? And like I said, going to the end of parties is fantastic. And and I talked forever. Yeah, that's my jam. (laughs) You know, I want to go when there's, I mean, there was still a ton of people at your house. It was a good party. But by the way, I like that. Right. That's the thing. I'm not forcing myself to do it. That's right. I didn't want to do it. I didn't do it. See, that's the thing. And really stressing me out. I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's I like, mean, really stressing me out, not oh, just the stress yeah. of putting things together. I got you. Like, yeah, I got like you. not happening. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing is like, what what do I need right now? And then if we're, what's getting in the way of turning towards what I need? And it couldn't be a story. It could be a preconceived notion. It could be this idea of what a holiday is supposed to look like. And I really encourage everyone to allow each holiday to be exactly what it is. It's perfect exactly as it is. All the causes and conditions have led to this moment. This is what this holiday looks like. Just like every flower looks different, you're not going to throw away a rose because it's got more or less, you know, uh, petals on it. It's that's the rose. And so when we have this preconceived notion about I'm supposed to be with somebody or it's supposed to look like this, there's supposed to be 20 people at my house for dinner, or I'm supposed to, you know, want to go out and party. We're really doing ourselves a disservice because this is about creating joy this season. And creating joy comes in so many different ways. That's right. 
what about for people who like, uh, we got a lot of like, how do I set boundaries? So, mm. and I think That's we talked a, a little bit about it as far as like the obligations, but how you do yeah. it. Like one of the things I liked was very specific was how do I not take on everyone else's stress? So maybe they're not particularly mm. a stressed person, but like, if you, especially if you deal with the mom who everything has to be super one way or the husband's family or the girlfriend, whatever it is. How can you not take on other people's stress and then ultimately it's like just ruining any fun? Yes. Um, so this is a good this is a good one. So you know, but having so we're talking about boundaries as far as like emotional boundaries, as far as different people's energies and how we relate to them. And oftentimes there's a pattern that's been set from you know, childhood and and in family units. So, you know, it may not happen this year, it might not happen next year, it may not happen the year after. But if we have gentle, consistent, you know, turning towards well-being, eventually that will integrate into this sort of family dynamic. So, you know, unfortunately that kind of stuff doesn't get fixed right away. Um, but what we can turn towards is what is healthy for me. And I do that before I go to any family thing. And actually I work on that for about a week, if not more, before I go to <laughs> so any family thing. Now, exactly. I mean, don't don't start the day before. And what's right for me, and I can base that on previous, you know, experiences, is like, well, a, a nun actually at the the nun at Tignahans Monastery in uh, uh, France when I was there um told me that I needed to uh, guard my speech when I was with my mom. She actually gave me a very specific exercise and I'm going to pass this on because it, it's really helpful and it's amazing. So she said that what I, I didn't have good mindfulness when I was with my mom and that's why we would always get into to um, tips. And uh, by the way, that's after 20 years of practice. So at first I was like, <laughs> what? But she no, was right. she was completely right. <laughs> so when this is the thing is if you have, a, let's say you have a challenging family member that always wants to drag you into their stress and their, or, or their arguments about politics or whatever. This also she, feels like it falls in the world of if it, you just get triggered, like if there's triggerings for you. That's right. I like it. That's, that's a couple right. of our questions. Oh, so. yes, because ultimately it is all about our internal triggers. It's it's actually not about the other person, right? It's about what's being watered in us and how we're responding. So if you feel that trigger starting to go, what we're going to just practice before we get to the holidays is in those moments, my answer is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you can go to the bathroom with a little notepad that you have in your back pocket and your pencil. And you go in and you start scribbling down all the things you want to, wanted to say to that person. I would have said this and this and this and this and this and this. Get it out. And then have that notebook with you after the holidays because it's going to prepare you for next year. You're going to look through that notebook and the next thing you're going to do is you're going to say, huh, now if I had done that instead of guarding my speech, breathing, remember breathing in and out as you're going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, softening the body, all right? All of those things, notice anger is arising. Anger is arising. You can even say that in your head. Anger is arising. If I had responded in my normal way, what would have happened? And we're going to write down, they would have said this back this is what would have happened, this is how I would have felt, and this is how the rest of the night would have gone. And go through all your examples of what you wanted to say. And then we can reflect on that later and we can say, would that response have brought me to well-being or away from well-being and what do I choose? Listen, mindfulness, all this is about choice. So I let's get that. all the information. Let's get all the facts. Let's get the whole Mueller probe. Just, I'm right? going my entire history and like, mm, <laughs> should have done a lot more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> There's some mm -hmm lack. Exactly. Oh, I, girl, it's, I feel you. No, it's smart. Although I'm about to go on a trip with like my entire family. Yes. 
Um, so I'll start but you have to, tonight. Mm-hmm. You have to go mm-hmm. into the bathroom and write everything down because we don't want to repress, right? And right. you and remember label, anger's arising, anger's arising, breathing and softening, because we're not ignoring ourselves. You're letting it come out. Let it's it come not- out into the fire. That's right. And then you get to use that information. But I love that because I like the information part because if you really look at it, it's smart if you label, does this go to my wellness or not? But really at the core of it, it's like, would that have been worth it? Exactly. it would not have been. Do you want to feel crummy your whole rest of your Christmas or your trip because you had a a tip with, you know, your aunt-in-law and now you guys aren't getting along? Or if your husband's like a super stress case, by the way, or like your partner or whatever, I do think mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's helpful because chances are in two days, you're not going to be bothered by it. It's you just in the moment not. and you kind of have to let them spin and be their stress case and not take it personally. That's right. And by by being able to look at things and look at cause and effect, that's the cool thing about this. If I said this, they would have said this. Then this would have happened. Then this would have happened. We're getting a clear view of cause and effect. When we're in reactivity, we are right, completely blurred. And it's just like all guns are firing. And the cool thing about seeing the cause and effect is what you would cause. That's right. Because it's so easy to be like, none of this is my fault. <laughs> They're the one. And so if you do that, you actually would have been like, oh, that would have all been my fault. Exactly. Which I exactly. do love. And I do think it's really hard to do in the moment for all of us. but. Mm-hmm especially specifically to this person's question about on other people's stress, mm-hmm. if you have the ability to detach from it and not take it personally and do this exercise, that person's struggling. Like, they and that's are also struggling. part of who they are. That's Whatever it right. is, maybe that's their personality. And like, you kind of have to just let them have it. And if you can giggle about it and support them, whatever it is, and just acknowledge, like, I, like, I do have my mom. She is such a stress case mm-hmm. that way. So anal, like you can't eat after she puts everything, it's crumbs. And I just know that's how she is. So I'll always make sure things are clean around her. If it's not, and I can see her face start going crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know you, don't worry, I'll do it. Like mm-hmm. I cut it off at the pass. Mm-hmm. And part of it's because I just accept her versus getting angry at her for it. I'm like, I know her. So why would I therefore be as pig or messy or all these things in her home when I know that's going to drive her crazy? Right. So I can kind of detach from her stress a little bit. You know, well, you're pointing to something that's really important, which is usually when we get triggered and we snap back, it's because we're trying to bring the other person into our own reality. Right. And we want them to understand that we're suffering. So we have two suffering people now banging (laughs) on each other's faces, you know, saying, I'm suffering, no, you're suffering, no, I'm suffering, no, I'm suffering, no, you're suffering, no, you're suffering. And it's, it's not beneficial. So this idea of, of acceptance, she is as she is, may I accept her just as she is and have fun. That that's an equanimity phrase, you know, or, and care yeah, or, and help her. She is as she is, may I accept her just as she is. And we can have that mantra as we breathe throughout the night. Right. And it's true when you can do that. They really don't bother you. That's right. And you just see them because, by the way, there's plenty of shit about me that I know bothers others. And I hope right. they're doing the same thing of like, that's who she is. That's I right. Mean, what know. about like, does this stuff work to the extreme of like politics, like different political views, which I, I know right now <laughs> in the world, is, in, especially in the U.S., is really It's really hard. hard. Is that still the same idea though? Like, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like same activity? Yeah. I, what I try to exercise. do is I try to, as I feel my blood boiling... Uh, and I sit and I just say, anger's arising, anger's arising in my body. What I'm trying to focus on is something that I can agree with and something that I can say, oh my gosh, no, I understand what you're saying. That's really interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Because I really don't understand that perspective. And if I can find something that I can agree with as a human being, such as as simple as 
you're telling, you're telling, you're teaching me right now. There's something that you're telling me. I don't have to agree with it as far as in the mundane world, but in the super mundane world, is there some way that I can connect? Right. So oftentimes I'll, I'll get really, really, I can feel my blood boiling because there's just a lot going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> if people are, are not knowing about it, especially and saying things that I think are harmful. I can get really upset, but I can wait long enough without responding to it mm-hmm, 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 until something is said that I can hook on to. And they will eventually say something. And, and if, it's, if it's just hate speech, that's something completely different. That's right. different than politics. Hate speech? That's different. Yeah. Speak up. Speak up or leave the room, one or the other. Yeah. But if we're talking about like that you voted for this person, you voted for this, why did they vote for them? And then can we respect the fact that they have a belief system? Can we start to understand their belief system, not because we want to be swayed by them, but because we want to get closer to another human being because we care? And isn't that more important than somebody being quote unquote right over dinner? I love that. What about someone said like, what do you do if you just have a family that doesn't get along? Is that the same idea? I mean, that's really hard. Part of me that's is like, oh, I wouldn't want to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, I, and, and you know, I want to say that the things that we're talking about, we're talking about when it's, it's, when it's small T traumas. Yeah. And big T traumas might be different. Big T traumas might be a, a, a loving boundary in which you don't go. And that's okay. And can you find support like in your 12-step group or find support with your friends or go to a family's house that you know? And that's okay to do because there's a time when you need to start owning your own life and no longer be the child and say, you know what, I've, I've got to take care of me. So that's that's another another thing. But when we have families that don't get along, let's look at who are, what's the role we habitually fall into and how is that supporting the family dynamic? Yes. That's so good. You know, and how can we gently, you know, start letting go of some of the roles that we have, that we feel we have to play. And in that way, we can be more of a compassionate observer where we can see the suffering that's around us that mom and dad maybe fight. And we can see instead of trying to get dad to understand mom or like build copying and resentment towards mom or whatever it is, or taking sides or not taking sides or trying to perform to distract them. Can we let go of some of those actions that that are about a role that we created long ago and instead step back and let that, their karma play out from a very loving place, you know, lovingly observing and being there when they're ready to talk to us, um, human to human, person to person, heart to heart. I think that's so great. Cause I do think that's actually a big one for people. You hear it all the time. Like I hate going to this it's miserable. And so sometimes you're like, well, why do you go? But B, it's like, if you go, that's, it goes back to your other statement before when you do kind of the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. and you write the thing and you realize you actually play a role in this. It's like, change your role Mm -hmm. and watch how that automatically is going to shift the play. Yes, it will. I mean, it's going to. And it could be extremely, (laughs) listen, doing this, not playing the same role or thinking that we have to do certain things can feel very uncomfortable at first. Over time, we start to see the benefits of it. And we may even find out we're the only one who's imposed that rule upon ourselves. Right. No one else might have even been aware of the contract of mind we've made. You know, I've got to be the one who saves everyone. Maybe no one ever asked you to. 
That's so interesting. What about, this is a fun one and one I think almost everyone can relate to, food and overeating. <laughs> I mean, I'm already like, oh God. I just going, snorted I ironically you're, on that one. <laughs> you're taking me on because I'm a snorter. Um, it's hard yeah, because there's so much good stuff. Yes. It's festive and you're sitting around. <clears throat> what do yeah. people do? Yeah, so I'm, I'm saved from a little bit of that due to my myriad of food allergies. Um, so I, I've always had to really pick and choose. I'm going to, I'm going to come from two different angles. Okay. Right. Cause I do think there's different. Yeah. So one is, can you be okay with an overindulging for one day? That would be one of my angles too. So what we want to no- notice is the inner critic. Is it is it less that you have a little bit of a full tummy or is the inner critic saying, God, you're going to get fat or you shouldn't have done that or like, uh, like you I know. can't believe your pants are tight. Yeah, today. you're exactly. That's where the suffering comes from. The pain of a bloated tummy, that's going to pass in about an hour to two hours, right? But when we start to create this like this internal system of, of abuse around our choices, that's, where, that's what we call suffering. So how can we be compassionate? It's like, can we make a choice? Yes, maybe I'm going to eat a little bit more today and that's okay. When that inner critic comes in, we can just go, um, no, thank you. It's the holidays. You're off of work, you know, and you can like totally be sassy to with your, your inner critic. critic. Exactly. <laughs> go to ha- go have like your meal of three peas and, you know, a carrot. I'm not doing that today. And it's okay to be sassy with the inner critic because we're not our inner critic, but it causes suffering, right? So then when you feel depressed or upset afterwards, it's like, who's doing, again, who's doing that? And is there a part of the self that can say, hey, you, it's okay. You you are blessed that you can enjoy in this way once a year. This is very beautiful. This is a celebration. And it's all right to have some chocolate. I I, I think that's the healthiest way to go, personally. Yeah, me too. And when you don't have the tightness and the contraction around things like food, when, you, when you're not battling the inner critic or, or the, um, oh, I shouldn't, oh, I can, oh, I shouldn't, oh, I can you find the food becomes a little less interesting and you're more connected to the body so you know when you're satiated. You know, it's it's really that pull and tug that keeps us in that sort of whiteout where we've all of a sudden eaten the entire thing of brownies and we didn't notice. It's like, <laughs> once, let's be there for it. Let's celebrate it. Let's eat mindfully. Let's enjoy it. Now, the other the other side of it, if 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 it is important for you not to to overindulge, the way I like to do it is I like to do a little mindfulness practice of how is this going to affect my body before I eat something? And what I mean is, is it nurturing me or is it taking me away from well-being? And some things it's okay. You know, it's like have a couple glasses of wine. That's fine. That's nurturing. When we have three or four or five, we're harming our body. If we can have a really compassionate relationship with the body, that will carry over into things like holidays because we don't want to hurt this precious thing that we've been caring for. So self-compassionate body scans for the week before the holidays, just really starting to get in touch with what does it feel like for my body to be at ease and starting to build some loving kindness to the body. And then we don't choose to harm the body. Um, so both both ways are equally valid. But you know, if I was going to eat cheese, sometimes I say, I know I'm going to suffer tomorrow. It's going to cause inflammation. So I'll eat very healthily for a few days because I care about my body. And sometimes I say, I don't want to put my body through that because I care. I love that. 
It's like, and I like that because it is true. If you, if you're really hard on ourselves, we are super hard on ourselves, and that's where the suffering comes from. And actually, yeah. that comes from where compulsive, compulsive actions come from as well. Um, and things- it does feel like forever, but really, it's like a two week period of like the holidays. And if you really yeah. go from Thanksgiving, maybe then it's a little longer. But even at the most, it's like a month almost, and then it's done. That's and you right. can go right back into your routine and get that's it, and it's right. not going to kill you. You're not going to gain 100 pounds. And that's right. And so. and you know what? Is it? I mean, I and 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 you know, notice what you say to yourself when your body changes, because our bodies are changing throughout our life, and maybe we will gain a few pounds over the holidays. For sure. Why? And that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not that, the end of the world. Yeah. Well, you're equally as you know lovable. I'm bored. Just kidding. Yeah, or maybe even I've a little more bit more. <laughs> and so we want to really watch what we say to ourselves because why why do we want to punish ourselves um, at the end of the holidays? I think that we get this post-holiday blues thing, and I think it has a lot to do with the way that we relate to, um, you know, who we were during those times or what happened during those times. And I think it goes back again to stress and checking in. Is it going to stress you out more to be intense about what you eat or don't eat? Or is it going to stress you out more to feel a little bloated? And everyone's different. That's right. Like For me, I'd be more stressed being intense about it than just kind of being a little bloated and enjoying myself and then maybe figuring it out afterwards. But for some people, it's really overwhelming feeling That's that right. way and it stresses them out more. So That's it's almost right. like, again, check in with yourself. And then I think that could really help you make the clear decisions like, okay, so whatever your rules and parameters are, you can still be around. And again, what is this about? It's about the people you're talking to. It's not necessarily about the food you're eating. So again, it's check-in. That's right. Absolutely. And knowing that there's no right or wrong, good or bad, knowing it's that question we can keep asking ourselves, will this bring me towards well-being or away from well-being? Right. And, and that's a and loving for you. question. For people you. all have to remember is like that answer might be different for you than for the person next to you and the person next to them. And that's 100%. the whole point is figuring out what the answer is for you. 100%. This has been so great. Mm, it's or fun. Have we, or have we stressed you guys all out and you're like all just freaking out nervous <laughs> for the holidays. No, I think it's so helpful. I feel like there's been, you've definitely given a bunch of stuff we can all use and at least things to think about. And I think at the very least remember like what we started this with, it's supposed to be about joy, whatever right. that is for you, whether it's small, whether it's big. It's joy. And so those moments you're feeling overwhelmed or angry or pissed or disappointed or pulled in too many directions, just breathe. Like just stop and take some moments and breathe and check in. And remember, this is about joy. What can I do to change right now to bring back that joy? Maybe it's just taking a beat. Maybe it's actually changing a course of direction. Now, Heather's going to lead us in a holiday centering meditation. And the beauty about this, you guys, is you can also do it while you're sitting there listening to someone. So if you're really feeling stressed coming up while you're actually at a table or in a conversation, start this practice. I hope you enjoy it. That's right. And so now this is for wherever you are right now. It doesn't matter if you're driving. It doesn't matter if you're walking. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your living room. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to go into any sort of a proper posture, nothing. But I just want you now for a moment to just notice the body. So it's like you're dropping your awareness down into the body. You can notice what's happening between the brows. What is your jaw doing? Are your shoulders high or low? Are we allowing our abdomen to be soft and round on the in-breath? Or are we holding or clenching? 
Are your fingers tight in a fist? Or are they open? Are the hips tightening around the lower back? Or can we feel that lower back soften, the hips expand out? Are the thighs tight so we're pulling the thigh muscle upward? And we just let the thighs be, softening down to the calves. We can even notice our toes. Sometimes we're curling our toes from stress and holding as we're caught in thoughts. So as we notice where we hold tension in the body, let's just set an intention to visit this area throughout the day. And on our in-breath, we just whisper where, quietly in the mind. And on the out-breath, soften or release or letting go. And taking several breaths there. Aware of the body and inviting gentle release. Allowing the anchor words to help to steady the mind. And if you'd like to add a heart quality to this throughout your evening, throughout your day, throughout your holidays, just choose a quality that you wish to imbue your time, your interactions with. Maybe peace, love, patience is a good one. Connection, understanding. Breathing in, perhaps we say peace. Breathing out, patience. You may even imagine these qualities Feeling the areas in the body that hold the tension, that habitual fight of the present moment that we carry. And then we go on with whatever it is we're doing, knowing that we'll be back to the body, always there to care, to expand the heart, and to enrich this present moment. Thank you. This has been so great. Mm. And happy holidays to all of our family out there. You guys have really made 2018 awesome for all of us. So we really hope that 2019 is just as exciting. And go experience joy, whatever that looks like for you. We hope that if you got anything from this episode, it's that. And yes. Heather, thank you for making it easier for everyone. Oh, my pleasure. Savor, you guys. Savor. Don't miss the chocolate thinking about guilt or your your waistline. Savor the chocolate. And Savor the moments, too. Savor the moments. And so and, hopefully... And the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully this just makes it... It might not make it the perfect holiday, but hopefully it makes it a little bit better. That's right. 10% better is good for me. I like 10% better. Yeah. Dan Harris. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy exactly. holidays. 10 Talks is produced by Mike Burns, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, and music is by Alex Fetter. 
If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.